to Psychic Parrot, the podcast about amazing animals and the strange power of pets with Al and Fred. Hello and welcome to another episode of Psychic Parrot. We are very proud to reach our second season. I'm here with my co-host Alistair Goodwin. My middle name is Frederick Eckhoff. Your middle name is? My, my name. My middle name is Roland. Just to get out, that out there. And I'm not telling you my middle name because of the nature of what we're talking about today. Ooh. I don't want to be uh, stolen. Maybe I'll, it'll slip my mind and I'll drop it later. Oh, that'd be... Yeah, I'm broadcasting anonymously today. So today, Al, you brought in quite a... Don't use my real name. All right, Martin. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Interesting subject, espionage, animals in espionage. And just my imagination is just screaming a world of opportunities here. But is it as easy as it looks? Yeah, you just need the right people behind you. Like, I mean, it's a, it's a funny one. Like, we kind of can do things better than animals. Like, if you had all of this stuff, or some of this stuff, a hundred years ago, it'd be cutting edge, because you couldn't do this stuff yeah. without animals. And now we've got, you know, sensors and cameras and... Drones. Submarines. Some drones. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like, you can do more with a drone than a pigeon, unfortunately. Yeah. Although subtlety-wise, that's the whole point of the spy, I guess. You so suspect drones, you don't suspect pigeons, unless you're clever. Be like you say, what, like the, the age of tanks or age of railroad or whatever. It could yeah. be also the age of animals in espionage. It, you think yeah. it's past now? Or? Well, it's funny because I think there's a really weird line because in order to use animals in espionage, you needed some level of technology. You're merging animals and technology on some mm-hmm. level. And before that, you couldn't really merge animals and technology because, I mean, you could have carrier pigeons. Is that mm-hmm. a spy? It's sort of borderline somewhere. It is delivering a message across enemy territory and stuff. like. You could say that a carrier pigeon or a raven is a spy. But, but it's not telling anything about espionage. Is like finding out information about your opponent with you, or without the opponent figuring it out. Well, the definition of espionage, we should probably start with that, shall we? Yeah. As I look it up on my phone, because I didn't... Espionage, the practice of spying or using spies typically by governments to obtain political and military information. Isn't it also like, don't spies go and blow stuff up? Or is that not spies? That's oh, that's else. like an infiltrator or... Um, I would say infiltrator and spy are quite similar things. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I wouldn't say that a spy would do that much sabotage. Well, if James Bond has anything to go by, they're pretty big on the uh, collateral damage. And Han- hands-on? Yeah, they are quite hands-on spying. I guess if you're spying on someone and you're going to leave anyway, why not set fire to the place mm. on the way out? Especially if you're an elephant. Yeah, exactly. No, that's what elephants are known for. <laughs> Setting fire to the place, my brother. <laughs> <laughs> There's a great documentary called... I forget. It was a, it's a really good movie about a guy in World War II taking an elephant over the Alps. Mm. Which I guess is a teaser for the next episode. I'm glad we talked about this because it's it's a really good movie. I need to find the name of this movie. Hannibal's Elephant or something. Yeah, I don't know. I'll figure it out. I'll watch it again. But should we get into the uh, nitty gritty of yeah. cloak and dagger espionage? Let's dive in. So let, I'm going to actually start with you, Fred. You're going to be able to tell me more than I can probably say about Russian spy whales. I know one thing. Being in Norwegian is that. Uh, Valdimir, <laughs> which we ended up calling him. Mm-hmm. Or what does that mean? Valdimir. Whale Dimitri. Oh, like Vladimir, like whale. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> whale oh. <laughs> Jesus. He showed up <laughs> with like a, a strap, like a, a dog that goes out 
skiing or like a, a harness mm. showed up with a harness where you like attach a GoPro camera to or yeah and it's like hanging out in the Norwegian harbor well the Russians obviously run away from something the Russians deny this mm. completely they say that they do have whales that are trained for war but mm. not for spying uh-huh. so there's obviously a distinction if they do but if there's one thing I know is that no matter what the answer is the, the Russians would never say yeah, but if they're this saying... This is Dimitri's escaped, and can we have him back, please? Yeah, but why would Dimitri escape if he's a trained whale? How is Dimitri escaping? I feel is, that... Did he, befriend, did he befriend a small child who yeah. <laughs> inspired him to join his family? Double. Double Free, free Dimitri. <laughs> um, no, but I mean, I feel animals are always just gonna do what they think is at their best interest at that very moment. But it was his GoPro, right, that got people confused, or his... It was a GoPro attachment, I think. But, like, what would you think they would be learning about about that harbour? What's there to know? But there wasn't anything, there wasn't, like, a GoPro attached in the harness when he showed up. It was obvious that it wasn't meant for that whale to go on a mission uh it, it was a yeah. rogue oh. it was just like they pr- it was attachment possibilities for gopro and shit like that but uh, it didn't um there wasn't anything in it so i don't know if i know the whatever the russian intelligence service is called at the moment then it's probably some sort of diversion oh yeah while they move in some other... Little did we know that a moose was crossing the (laughs) board. With huge radar discs. (laughs) Excellent. Perfectly executed. What do you think about putting a brain implant in a shark so that you can remote control it? Wait. A brain implant? Yeah. So you put a little thing in the brain of the shark, attach its GoPro... And then you can control it, and it'll stealthily follow ships and stuff. Because nobody's they looking send at sharks. Signals to the brain region that tells it to move left, and it does. Electronic impulses. Oh, that is so creepy. Well, they do. They're kind of in the process of trying to figure it out. I I don't know. I'm not a brain surgeon. It just sounds so fantastic to me in a horrible way. Hmm. But they'd also have the ability to sense electrical gradients and follow chemical trails because of their natural abilities. Yeah, and they have many torpedoes. (laughs) Lasers, I think, is popular with sharks. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Pretty soon you can get GoPro with laser on eBay. But I think that's cooler if you're saying that a shark can sense something electrical or can sense a chemtrail and you're tapping into its ability to do that rather than just... A remote control shark, which you could make like Ace Ventura style fucking Spinoceros. Yeah. And just have an animatronic, like, rhino. (laughs) Yeah. The least suspicious animal Mm. on the savannah. But that also moves into this whole remote control insect things, which I guess is, we can cover. I don't know if insects technically count as animals, but... No, they, they fall under our radar of interests, I think. But there's been a lot of remote-controlled animal stuff going on with beetles and... I don't know much about this. This is uh, very fascinating. Yeah, so there's quite a few YouTube videos, if you're interested, of, like, people that have put electrodes into the, like, I guess the nerve impulses of insects and can make them move and fly them. Like, there's one of a guy flying a beetle, um, which I guess if you could get a tiny little camera on or a flamethrower, then... You're gold. <laughs> it runs out of flames so fast, but when they get a little brush on their face, they get very surprised at me. <laughs> that's the like. Maybe that's the point, though. Like, if you if you're an invading army and a small beetle comes and gives a small burst of flame in your face, you're going to be like, wait a second, these guys are very technologically advanced. I think Just... we should give up now. Like that was a warning shot. Like, what's next? Like. Just enough to burn your eyebrows, so you can smell it, that disgusting hair, burnt hair smell. It would put me off, it would. <laughs> if a beetle shot a, fl- a shot of flame at you, and when you entered an area, would you continue yeah. to see what was next? Like, Yeah. 
Because what do you end up with then? Like mice with catapults or fucking. Yeah. Like... <laughs> I'm a civilian, so I would bail from anything like that. But I don't know what the, the modern soldier would say. We should ask. Maybe we can bring up the U.S. Army. See what the yeah. policy is. If on. B would shoot a tiny amount of flame at you, would you A retreat or B press forward? Because I guess bees would be a good one. If you could remote control bees or something that's done, yeah. like you would really piss off an army if you had enough bee wasps, right? I yeah. guess you'd also have to train them to be a go like insect repellent proof. Oh, yeah. And then, but then you've got some real issues because then you have an unstoppable army of wasps that you have barely mm. any control over. <laughs> With flamethrowers. With flamethrowers. <laughs> Instead of stingers. <laughs> Great. We are very much off topic. Yeah. yeah, it bleeds into warfare straight away. It does. It's funny because, I mean, the best use of spying, I guess, is... I don't know, because that's interesting. Like, there's no, like, industrial espionage can be conducted with animals as well, I guess. If we're yeah, talking... Yeah, how? Mm, well, I'll get into it. There is some evidence of how. Like, there is the yeah. CIA animal spy training facility that we'll talk about. Right. The IQ Zoo. Called. Now we're getting into the only historical spy I could find from the animal kingdom, and this is in the 19th century, a French ship uh, shipwrecked off the north coast of England, and the inhabitants of this town called Hartlepool uh, came together to fight off the enemies, but all they found was a monkey dressed in a tiny military uniform, <laughs> and they'd never seen a French person before. So they suspected that the monkey might actually be a French spy. And because it refused to answer any of their questions, they had a little trial and hung it. Oh, no. Yeah. And now, in tribute to that monkey, their, their soccer team, the mascot is called Hangus the Monkey. Hangus? Oh. Uh, Angus. Hangus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and their, their rugby team is called... The monkey hangers. Oh my god. <laughs> Imagine living in a town where the most like influential or pivotal moment of that town's history was hanging a monkey. <laughs> Just to find them. What the hell? What did that monkey do to the Frenchman on board? Did they run No, they away? thought it was a Frenchman, potentially. I know what the Englishman thought. Yeah. But what actually happened with the French people steering the I guess boat? they died in the shipwreck. Okay. Just the monkey lived. Soul survivor. Soul survivor, exactly. Like unsinkable Sam. Hmm. So you don't think they rolled off? And left their monkey. No one leaves their monkey in that situation. Especially if it's dressed in a tiny military uniform. Like, that would also be the confusing part. Like Animal most annoying to shipwreck with? A monkey. Would monkey be the most annoying? Good eating on a monkey. <laughs> of course, like elephants, but then it just goes down with the wreck. No questions, but a monkey? That would be super annoying after day three on a little raft, you know. What animal would you most like to get shipwrecked with? Old trusty, the dog, I guess. They would just adapt to it and be on the team. Or... Peter the dolphin? It'd be good, because then you can... Very clever. But the dolphin would actually not be in distress. It, it would be required. It would be if it was on the island. island. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> But, I mean, like, it would have to be in the same dire situation as yourself. Yeah. Okay, I feel that Peter the Dolphin would not be in a very dire situation. <laughs> if it was an island, it could just swim off. And yeah. if it was a raft, it could also just swim off. True. But if you're on a Himalayan expedition and you get lost, then I would not prefer to be with mm. Peter the Dolphin. What about Gary the Crocodile? <laughs> <laughs> very annoying. <laughs> it's a lot of fish. Keep the seagulls away. But also, if he, if you had a rapport with this animal, yeah, you could maybe swim off with him. Yeah, true. But what if it's um, a freshwater crocodile in salt water? Yeah, well, that's why you want to sell water crocodile. Yeah. <laughs> do you know? <laughs> whatever you do, always plan for a shipwreck when you're going traveling with your animal. <laughs> to train a saltwater crocodile. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to escape in yeah salt water, but so if you're on, you're on a canoe trip, you need two different alligators. Definitely, crocodiles don't care if they're in salt water or fresh water. Oh no, they don't breathe water. No, 
No, I don't know anything. Um, I I just know that there's fresh water and salt water. Maybe that's alligators then. Mm. Anything can go in anything. Yeah, but maybe they get a rash. Yeah, that's true. Maybe they're not so good at it. Yeah, yeah. that's true. But I think like saltwater crocodiles. My experience of them was in D- in Darwin, in mm. North Australia, yeah. where you can't swim at the beach because of sharks, jellyfish, and crocodiles. Oh god. <laughs> like, Forget Jaws, you might get eaten by a crocodile while going for a swim. Like, might have a humongous jellyfish fighting a crocodile for over you. Yeah, and just shark smells the blood, and yeah. next thing you know. But there was that guy that jumped in, like to impress a girl. It was a popular little, uh, went viral in New Zealand, Australia, where this guy was was dating a backpacker or on a date with a backpacker, and there was a saltwater crocodile, and he jumped in the water with it and it promptly mauled him oh. but he managed to escape by gouging its eye oh and everyone was like good on you for surviving but what the fuck are you thinking like <laughs> and then the interview with the girl who was on the date and she was like so what did you think when he jumped in the water with the crocodile so yeah that was a bit odd oh boy <laughs> yeah. backpackers eh but should we get into some spy terminology that is borrowed from the animal world? Yeah. So it's obviously the mole. Oh, yeah. An agent sent to penetrate another agency to gain information. A pig. That's the snitch. That is a Russian intelligence term for traitor. Oh. You capitalist pig. Yeah. A raven is a male agent employed to seduce people for <laughs> intelligence purposes. And the female, a huh? swallow, a seductress, a femme fatale. Why do you oh, find so that so funny? So good ones. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not going to say. Oh, we, yeah, okay. I made the same joke yesterday to uh, Maria and she was it disappointed. Fell flat. <laughs> yeah. It's hard. Fell into dad joke territory for her. Yeah. Well, it is there. So that's moving us on to a few more like... Other more obscure ones, so gerbils being employed in spy catching. Gerbils, the small like rodent. Ah. They pro- they apparently were quite good for being able to detect a, the smell or the rise in adrenaline in the chemical release of sweat in people. Ah. So they were using them for spy catchers <laughs> because they would you know ask questions and if the gerbil yeah. reacted in such a way or like and and then later on. They were used. They tried it um, in an Israeli airport to catch people getting on the plane who were really nervous, and then yeah. the little gerbil would pull a lever, indicating that this person had heightened adrenaline. Yeah. But the same people that were just afraid of flying, it gives you the same release of this adrenaline smell. So, yeah. you know, everybody that was afraid of flying got pulled over by the gerbil. Yeah, yeah. Highly inaccurate, but good for regimes that likes to, you know. Better to take too many than too few, kind of. But it's crazy. Like, but then you're taking everybody that's afraid of flying. Yeah, or nervous about going home to the wife, or if the actual ex- inspector gets a bit excited about uh, being on the spy catch, uh, maybe it'll be a false alarm, and then he'll take but any old. I think the airport was to catch terrorism terrorists, mm. whereas the spy catcher. Would you have a, your adrenaline going anyway? Like, if I sat you down in a room with a gerbil. Mm. And accused you of being a, a mole. Ooh. Um, <laughs> and wouldn't you be a bit nervous? Like, I think the gerbil would pull the lever on you. Just... Yeah. Just by the stress of the situation. Yeah. Um, yeah. Highly inaccurate. But as I said, it's good for regimes that want to catch more than they need. Yeah, that's true. But I think it's actually quite impressive you can train a gerbil to pull a lever. I would love to see a picture of this setup where it has a oh, tiny yeah. little <laughs> like lever and it's like extra <laughs> questioning, pulls a little thing up and goes, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very <it's> little like, <laughs> border security outfit. <laughs> yeah, he smells tra- like trouble. <laughs> Great. This was in a release from declassified documents from the MI5 recently, which also included the exploding rat plans. Which was apparently something used uh, in World War Two by spies to pack a rat full of explosive. Yeah, something just to explode some rats potentially. It also sounds extremely inefficient. Exactly, but I guess if you have enough rats 
and yeah. say you want to knock out someone's food supply yeah. or grain silos, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I like it. <laughs> it would be better if the rats didn't have explosive in them because they would be like eating the yeah. corn in the corn silo and contaminate. Chemical warfare or biological warfare. Yeah. Yeah, I think they, they did do that a bit. That must be something. But speaking of uh, biological warfare, yeah. well, actually, no, that's a terrible joke to make. Um, it's not even relevant. Ooh, controversial. <laughs> this is this should you. this should be a non-controversial, non-partisan. We're not. I'm not saying that we're talking about occupied Palestine, although that would be one way to describe no. it if you wanted to. I don't know. Um, we are just researching. This is about, and this is one of the few times I've been on Wikipedia because there's a whole like thing on Wikipedia about Israeli employ and Mossad particularly Mossad, yeah. employing animals to spy on neighboring Arab countries. Yeah. And there's a lot, there's a, a lot of chat about this. <laughs> <laughs> so with this remote control shark thing we talked about earlier, yeah. Egypt accused uh, Israel of sending remote or sending sharks to their like resorts on the Red Sea. Yeah. Um, and a couple of people were like attacked by sharks, and they said it was just to like knock tourism. Ah. Was, uh, what was the quote? What is being said about the Mossad throwing the deadly shark in the sea to hit tourism in Egypt is not out of the question, but it needs time to confirm. Said South Sinai Governor Mohammed Abdul Fadil. So that's an old. There's also lizards being used to spy on the Iranian nuclear program. Oh, for some reason their skin attracts atomic waves or because it changes color like because they're cold-blooded they can like uh-huh. send out a bunch of i guess i don't know if they send out a bunch of lizards they collect the radiation and bring it back or if they've got little cameras on them or whatever but maybe they're just like all right this one goes in the bush yeah i didn't get too deep into that but yeah for some some reason lizards are attracted to nuclear radiation <laughs> There was also the squirrels. This was again Iranian uh, intelligence service caught fourteen squirrels near its uh, nuclear enrichment plant. And this was the quote: "In recent weeks, intelligence operatives have arrested fourteen squirrels within Iran- Iran's border." This is Iran's state-sponsored news agency IRNA uh, said the squirrels were carrying spy gear of foreign agencies and were stopped before they could act thanks to the alertness of our intelligence services. Spy gear. Exactly, spy gear. Exploding nuts. Um, <laughs> I think the little vests. Yeah. Well, what were squirrels used for spying? I guess some sort of tail that turned into a top predator. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's just cameras and knives and maybe a poison poison tail. Yeah. <laughs> suicide pill. Yeah. Suicide pill. <laughs> it administers sell and send suicide pills to people by yeah. squirrel. A little nut. Um, but a former CIA agent uh, said it was unlikely that squirrels could be used. <laughs> they're not uh, they're not the best. Exactly. Oh, animals in espionage is tough. It's hard to. I feel that a lot of great men have spent a lot of quality time coming up with very little. Yeah, well, when, this is the kind of lighter. I mean, we're still in the like lighter notes of it. Like, yeah. yeah. No, I'm not saying yeah. it hasn't happened. I'm just saying it yeah. takes an extraordinary amount of effort to pull it off. It is, yeah, like you say, like it's amazing. There's all these declassified documents, these CIA-run like yeah. operations. Millions of dollars were spent in trying to figure out if animals are useful to help kill each other. Yeah. There was also this thing a person news agency accused Israel of using supernatural rats that could even chase away Arab cats to encourage residents in the altered of Jerusalem to flee in panic. Terrifyingly, in this concept, the rats even knew the difference between Arabs and Jews. Quite a wacky one. But I guess they're not really spies. They're just being used in, I guess, almost sounds... war. It's nonsense, isn't it? Or, yeah, it but... sounds like... <laughs> Especially when they uh, call them supernatural cats. I don't know. But isn't it just also detracting from what is potentially other much worse atrocities being caused by actual humans? Exactly. <laughs> but anyway, we're not getting into that. Blame the cats. Blame the cats. Blame the lizards. Next, we're going to talk, uh, courtesy of one of my new favorite websites, the Smithsonian website. Smithsonian website? 
They have some really cool stuff on that. If they were a sponsor us, that would be cool. Um, <laughs> what is that? The Smithsonian is the massive group of museums in Washington, D.C. Oh. Might be Air and Space Museum and the Natural History Museum oh. and the Fonzie Museum. Like, oh. those ones. So it's not a religion? It's not a religion. Well, maybe it is to some people. But we're going to talk about the IQ Zoo which was a tourist attraction in Hot Springs, Arkansas, in the 1960s. So this is the sort of place you could see chickens playing baseball, macaws riding bicycles, ducks drumming and playing guitar. The YouTube video is great. If you've never, seen a, duck, if you've never seen a duck play a guitar, you're missing out. What? And pigs playing pianos. So yeah, I've, I've now seen this clip, and I, I would recommend everyone to type in IQ Sue on their YouTubes and... And check out, um, you can see uh, parrots on roller skates. Um, what was the animal that was just slam dunk in basketball? Raccoon. The raccoon. The washing bear, as it's called. But there were no chickens playing basketball. There was one dancing. There was one dancing. The, the chicken baseball. I didn't see chicken baseball in the video either, but no. they do mention it in some of the materials. Chicken baseball. You know, chicken baseball. <laughs> of course. But if you found an animal out like out in the world, like at a different theme park or Disney or whatever, they could do a trick. It was 99% kind of come from IQ Zoo IQ or Zoo. using a technique developed to IQ Zoo. So this is like one of the smaller things. This was the Cold War was quite popular for training animals to do intelligence work. Of course. Like they were big on trying to get ravens to deposit and retrieve objects. Yeah. Like, so not just deliver things, but actually pick them up. Um, deliver hand grenades. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, all sorts of weird stuff, like seeing if they could pick locks or whatever. Fuck knows. But, <laughs> so they had the cool thing of, like, pigeons that could warn of enemy ambushes. Oh. Which we're going into. And then there's obviously the acoustic kitty, which we've talked about before. But we'll get a bit more into because we did miss a few weird things about that. So then, like, the two people that got into this was one guy called Bob Bailey and a guy called F.P. B.F. Skinner, who was an animal uh, behaviorist or whatever. And Bob, Bob Bailey was the uh, first director of the Navy's uh, dolphin program. Ah. So this is what you're talking about, these people that got big money to uh, get behind <laughs> yeah. these wacky fucking ideas. Yeah. Like, he obviously went to the IQ Zoo one afternoon and went, say... <laughs> See that roller skating, that roller skating parrot. <laughs> what if <laughs> we made him work undercover in the Russian uh, circuits? He knew my name. He knew my name. <laughs> he asked me if I had a cracker. Like <laughs> this guy's a genius. Yeah. So he said this Bailey guy, at least, who was one of the main guys, said that he'd never found never found an animal he couldn't train. And one of his major contributions to society was inventing the bird brain, which is a machine that helped a person play uh, noughts and crosses against a chicken or tic-tac-toe. Nice. Would the chicken have anything to contribute tactically to a yeah. game of this? Chickens are known for being really good. Systematic? Well, I don't know. We'll get into it. <laughs> so... I mean, a lot of this started also with Pavlov, right? Everything in animal training goes back to this idea that, you know, cause and effect or yeah. treat and reward. This is how you exactly. turn an animal from a normal gerbil into a spy gerbil. Or yeah. any raven, in any animal, it's based on this Pavlovian sort of... Normal gobbles into spy gobbles. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's behavior is followed by a consequence. Hmm. And, like, this Bailey guy <laughs> went out um, and did this experiment with a pack of coyotes or something. And he persuaded them to always take the left-hand side by lacing it with meat. Ah. And then he laced it with meat and white pieces of paper. And then just pieces of paper. And 85% of the time, the, if there was white pieces of paper on the fucking ground, the coyotes would... And he's like, <laughs> he's like, why'd you do that? Just did it. Like, wasn't <laughs> just send them off to the neighbor. Thought I'd just fuck with these coyotes, though. No. <laughs> but it's called operant conditioning. The Skinner guy was one of the people behind pigeon bombs. Pigeon bombs are awesome. <laughs> They're not, but like, <laughs> morally disgusting. It's crazy. Like, it's so weird that people are like, yep, 
You want to do what? Okay. <laughs> Fine. Pavlov says it's going to work. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> My best man work at it. Yeah. <laughs> so then, like, this, the, the Braylands, who were original owners of the IQ Zoo, opened up pretty much based on these uh, tendencies. Hmm. And they just, yeah, proved that this conditioning was, you could do multiple things with it. And that there was a reason why they became, like, like assisting the CIA. It's not just because they were hicks that taught a duck how to play guitar. It's because they were using this, yeah. like, cutting-edge way of manipulating animals. Yeah. So, eventually, Bob ended up joining the IQ Zoo. Like, he left the naval and together they mentioned earlier but they created animal behavior enterprises and this is when he designed the uh, the bird brain of the chicken uh, that could play noughts and crosses when the chicken retired to its thinking booth during play it was pressing a button in response to a light triggered by human moves <laughs> the game was immensely popular so it, it's playing against a computer program but the chicken is implementing because uh, yeah. it goes into its thinking booth. Like, I guess it just goes into a little... I knew there was something there. After long, not long after Bailey joined, um, various CIA like agencies like the CIA and the Army of Aberdeen's Proving Ground and Limited Warfare Laboratories, uh, they came to help solve problems during the height of the Cold War. So they were trying to get ravens to... Um, use pattern recognition to learn to respond to classes of objects mm. so they would know if they went into a room that they should pick up keys or fucking whatever else you know they could pick up a folder versus other birds that aren't so adept at that and yeah they could be trained to open drawers which is useful when you're a spy not lock picking as I said earlier but <laughs> lock picking <laughs> yeah. yeah it's all well and good but like that sounds like skills they'd have if they got into a room that had vital information in it, but how did they get them there in the first place? And then there would be no, like, on-the-spot thinking. <laughs> but that's when you need, Actually the, use it. you need the electrode in their brain. Oh, yeah. Yeah, just get all the files that taste like birdseed. <laughs> yeah. uh, but Robert Wallace, who headed the CIA's Office of Technical Services, said that animals can go places that people can't. Animals are unalerting. People, you know, they're good spies. They don't raise suspicion. The other side of the coin is that although animals can be trained, they have to be constantly trained. The upkeep, care, and maintenance is significant. Yeah. So even around this time, they were going to use the insects, as we talked about, for the sensory capability of them, like bed bugs, mosquitoes, and ticks, for the for the detection of people. Ticks. Yeah. Yeah, the promise of mosquitoes normally at rest and will fly at the approach of a host. Yeah, so I think the thing with this mosquitoes would be that you had a little camera and you put the mosquitoes there and because they fly when somebody, when a host comes or someone they can sing, then you would mm. know that somebody's coming because the mosquitoes are leaving their little pad, mm. which I guess is sort of spying, but... <laughs> He was kind of, but Bailey was also saying that he was involved in the Acoustic Kitty program, which was, yeah, so they were targeting an Asian head of state, so they keep some things classified. There's a lot of cats around, so someone figured we can put, we can condition a cat to listen to voices. We have no idea, and he says, we have no idea how we did it, but we found that the cat would more and more listen to people's voices and listen less to other things. So they, he's saying he doesn't know how, but he managed to train a cat to pay attention. So working with this guy, Robert Mickelson, he was one of the inventors of the human cochlear implant. So I guess something to do with the ear. Um, the team turned the cat into a transmitter, a wire running from the cat's inner ear to a battery instrument cluster implanted in its rib cage. The cat's movement could be directed left, right, straight ahead with ultrasonic sound. At a distance? Yeah, like this is the bit I hadn't read anywhere else, that they did it with sound so they could control a cat. Like, isn't that nuts? <laughs> I just see these cats just like, donk, donk, against the wall. Oh no. But this is, well, everyone always says that, like, actually what happened was they released the cat and it was immediately run over by a taxi. But yeah. Bailey disputes this. But back to the zoo. So he was now using it as like a a training facility for spy animals and they would convert these huge he had a 270 acre farm 
So he would build towns and rearrange the town according to the photographs they were given so that they could show the they could do it so that the raven would do exactly what it's supposed to do or whatever would know what it's doing they also had it was also here there was also a field demonstration including one at the watergate hotel in washington cc <laughs> this is the room we want to get to can you get your raven up there and deposit a device and can we listen right? Was it Nixon's Raven? No, no, I don't think it was, but it's just coincidental that they okay. were. At the, they did a demonstration at the Watergate where they bugged your room. Before <laughs> they bugged the room, they tried Ravens. Didn't work. Well, maybe it worked, we don't know. Oh, yeah. They also had a grassy knoll there, apparently. <laughs> That's where they said JFK was shot from. Oh, yeah. <laughs> By two Ravens. By train squirrels. But they could condition a, a bird with a laser spotter. So Bailey created something he called the Squab Squat, which was pigeons that would fly ahead of a column. So you'd be marching and there'd be pigeons flying ahead. And mm. if the pigeons saw anybody, they would land. Oh. So you would know. Yeah. But the problem was that if they didn't see anyone, they couldn't be retrieved. <laughs> but Bailey says that the, the, the group that used them, more than 45... Uh, ambushes were stopped using huh. pigeons, using the squab squad. <laughs> it's an ambush-heavy territory they were in. He says that we got ravens into places, we got cats into places, usually using diplomatic pouches. <laughs> he says he carried a raven aboard a commercial flight against regulations. <laughs> it was a map under the front seat, he says, and every now and then the raven would make a noise. Um, I'd be in my seat and I'd go like this. I don't know what he's doing. Craw, craw, and he'd start, craw. yeah, he'd be in his seat when the go. Craw, 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 craw. <laughs> <laughs> but it didn't last for too long because government operations in respect to intelligence uh, activities was investigating the abuse of power at several U.S. intelligence agencies, including the CIA. So they decided to end the down yeah and their relationship with the cia due to i guess not agreeing with their uh with their agenda and it was in 1990 that the iq zoo uh a chicken played its last game of noughts and crosses oh yeah but bailey on the final thing said that he figured that like most of like the animal intelligence work is yeah just technology can do it now it's had its golden age yeah for sure he says today all you have to do is is illuminate someone with an infrared laser and pick up the scatter back from that and you can listen to their conversation without any trouble at all, he says. You don't need a cat. No. <laughs> Assume he said it like that. Yeah. Ah, so there are some cunning evil plans to be executed with the help of... But For sure, there's more. So that's like... Oh. Yeah, so the CIA, like, this is moving on to it, because I got a bit more into the CIA's uh, animal programs. So then there's the CIA bird program. So they got a whole bunch of ornithologists thinking that, like, if they send a bunch, they figure out what migratory birds are in the areas that they want, they're interested in. Hmm. And then using them as living sensors by catching them when they come back, and then they would be able to see what kind of sub substances were in the area of hmm. testing. No. So, like, you could grab the stalk and be like, okay, what's it been eating? Oh, there's 20% radium in here. I think they're testing light bulbs. Yeah. <laughs> a similar thing going on in what's called Project Exolotl, uh, which was trying to get birds to fly about 25 kilometers with a camera to snap pictures and come back of an SA-5 missiles. So they tried it with hawks and owls and vultures and a cockatoo. Cockatoo was too clever and too slow to avoid seagulls. But the most promising of these uh, spy, <laughs> these potential spies, was Doodah the Raven. Doodah managed to do a nine and a half kilometer trip successfully from shore to the boat. Mm. But unfortunately, he was killed on a training mission when he was intact by what they described as an unusual pair of ravens and not seen again. Oh. Seduced, perhaps? Double spy. Yeah. Russian ravens Russian. colluding to... Uh, <laughs> it's like, yeah, he's like, oh, we're going to get these these uh, ravens to go and spy on your 
on your radars and stuff and they're like, don't worry, we've got ravens. It'll persuade your ravens to defect with our ravens. We use, we use swallows, actually. Yeah. Um, and now, because I know you'd like it, I thought I'd get a little bit more down the rabbit hole. Oh. And it was hard because the Google rabbit hole is a bit tricky with when it comes to paranormal spies <laughs> of the of the animal variety. But I did find an article, with reasonably good article in Vice, that puts up a good argument uh, for a conspiracy going on around the moment that uh, cats are alien spies. Oh, yeah. You've heard this before. Oh, but they are. <laughs> okay, so I was thinking... I, I, that's good, because now I get to play the counterpoint, because... <laughs> Like, I was going to go down the list of reasons that they state and see uh, what, if you agree or, or if you can get anything from it. Right. So there's no documentation documentation before ancient Egypt that mentions cats, um, and in ancient Egypt they were worshipped as gods. And what do you think about that? Exactly. Well, the thing is, it's not true. <laughs> <laughs> but the argument to that is counterpoint. So mm. the older they do is that when did a cat become a cat? Right. Yeah. So there might be something else that they've got. Domestication. Well. Yeah, exactly. It's a bit of debate. So maybe, I mean, it's a funny thing to just say that, right? It's like, there were no cats before Egypt. Really? Yeah. Okay. came <laughs> <laughs> with the pyramids. Except for these ones, but we don't talk about those ones. So scientists don't know how cats' purrs are produced or why. Mm, the great mystery, isn't it? It is. But they think maybe it's a learned behaviour because deaf cats don't purr, apparently. <laughs> At least one doesn't. Sounds like a slogan. Yeah, and then there was a learning impaired cat that didn't ever learn how to purr either. So if it's a learned behaviour rather than an instinctual thing to purr for some, whatever reason they were purring, here's probably my favourite one. If you hold a cat's ears back, it looks like an alien. <laughs> that is proof. So <laughs> unquestionable. <laughs> Yeah, I, that's I think probably the strongest, yeah, <laughs> strongest case. Come back after that. Cats can see better than you because they're more advanced than you. Can they see better than us? Yep, they have more rods than cones. This is why they have excellent night vision, or more cones than rods. So they're really good at seeing in the dark and stuff. Yeah. So this is why they're actually alien cameras. Recording and beaming information back to grey aliens, specifically. Yeah. Rather than any old alien. Sure, greys. These greys have trained the cats, then. The cats work for the greys to record, I guess, reality television for aliens to watch. Did Bailey work for the aliens? That's the question. Yeah, well, I think it's pretty clear. Well, the cats, at least, were watching and work. Like, because when... Yeah, wouldn't you, when you're getting into your acoustic... When you're cutting a cat up to... Like, turn it into a microphone, wouldn't you be like, hey, what's this? <laughs> like, oh, somebody what's else this? has been in this cat. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> Alien technology inside of the cat. Yeah. But these are saying that all cats are. All cats, yeah. yeah. Uh, filming a lot us. Of spies. A lot of ego. Like, why? But the reason for saying that they're cameras is that people are saying, I'm not sure I didn't look super into this either, but pe- people have managed to recently build a computer out of living cells. Wow. So, could you not build a camera down the line? Isn't that the natural progression? (laughs) Me personally, I'm amazed that computers actually work based on what's inside of them. Yeah, just metal. I cannot understand the metal boards and the wires and stuff like that. That's because it's all re-engineered or reverse-engineered from alien spaceships. Exactly. And the cats are keeping an eye on us, making sure we're not getting too ahead of ourselves. (laughs) but why like isn't it so kind of egotistical to be like oh but they're keeping an eye on this using cats it's like Mm. but they why would they this is the funny thing this is on the other end of the spectrum where it's like you start and you like you have no technology so you can't have animal spies Mm. and then you have technology that's better than animal spies and then if you go right over the end of the spectrum you get back into needing to use animals as Mm. a technology in order to spy (laughs) like This is... And why would the Grace employ millions and millions and millions of cats to spy on us for over 5,000 years? To make sure... Allergies? (laughs) Allergies. They're just... (laughs) They're researching on gluten intolerance. That's what they've been doing. (laughs) 
trying to keep the uncomfort level at a peak. Yeah. I just want the hair everywhere and <laughs> to be like slightly suspicious. Yeah. So have you ever watched a cat wake up from a deep sleep and run out of the room instantly? Um, I guess so. Why? Transmission from Mothership. Ah. But they're the camera, so wouldn't they be receiving? I guess. It's tricky. They get information as well. I guess they get told what to film. Oh, yeah. We need more couch. <laughs> we need more television. We need... <laughs> Clear view of the television. We need more of your anus as you lick it. <laughs> Look, we just want a whole bunch of cat anus for the rest of the day. Thanks. <laughs> In my head now, the Greys got a German accent. Do you think the Greys are right wing? I think so. Aren't they, from what I understand, just the minions of the tall Greys that are then something else? No, yeah, the Greys are minions of the reptiles. The thing? I think you can go in any what? direction with this stuff. It's, I think there's different theories. <laughs> there's a, I think there's at least two different theories about it. <laughs> We're not going to conclude how many, but at least two we can say that. <laughs> some are tall, some have big eyes, some have small eyes. They're all trying to kill us, or keep yeah. us alive, or take us over, or preserve us, or... Molest us. Yeah, mostly molest us. Maybe yeah. this cat anus licking videotapes. <laughs> something in it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they, love, they love butts. <laughs> Secret signal being sent. So cats are very durable. This is another reason. Cats are very good survivors and have anti-gravity properties. Yeah, throw them out the window and they'll land on their feet, thing. Yeah, exactly. But so do bugs. Mm, but they're not filming you all the time. No, they're not filming you Because they appear, cats apparently, until they did lots of slow motion videos, appear to violate the physical law of conservation of angular momentum. Google it. Okay. Yeah, you have to take a lot of slow motion pictures of cats in order to figure out that they're doing something that you shouldn't really be able to do. Like uh. the twist, if you drop them upside down, that isn't, shouldn't be physically possible, but no. it's because of some sort of twist and agility of what they do. Um, I feel it's more like rolling in your canoe kind of thing. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, but that would make sense. But I think if you're falling, if I drop you, <laughs> I don't know if you can turn yourself onto your front. No. Whereas a cat can do that. Yeah, I don't know if because the turn only, only comes from the edge of the pier, kind of, or... No, it's to do with the ability to stretch. Yeah, but now I was talking about if I jump. Oh, if you jump. And I can put a spin on and stuff like that, but if you just dropped me, yeah. could I then put a spin on? But a cat can. A cat can. But you, I don't know. Oh. <laughs> Which should we test it? I don't know. <laughs> We'll test that for next week. Yeah, you yeah. drop me in the water from some height. Yeah, how are we going to get a harness? We just crowdfund for this experiment. A harness for me. Yes. So that's the only sort of alien-based spy I could find. But then, while I was rifling through the CIA's recently declassified documents on animal programs, mm. I came across Operation Ketchel. Ketchel? Yeah. And what I like about Operation Ketchel was that it was not mentioned anymore or any further. Ooh. I couldn't find any other mentions in it of it. And then when I tried to Google it independently of the CIA website, it is perhaps not declassified yet. And this, because ah. they had the dolphins was one of them. That was, I think, oxygas. Hmm. Then they had the one we talked about earlier, which was the birds, and then they had Ketchel, which was cats and dogs. And I know Acoustic Kitty must have been a part of Ketchel, Ketchel but they wouldn't mention dogs if they didn't use dogs. Hmm. So, what was Operation Ketchel? Yeah. What were the dogs for? What were the dogs for? <laughs> I don't know. That's the question. Well, I mean, dogs are highly trainable and willing, so... I'm surprised to not hear about them in this episode. But I guess they can, they do. They smell explosives on people. Like they catch terrorists yeah. and they catch people with their noses rather than with their eyes or their ability to exactly. uncover a series of clues. Yeah, so I guess that's it. They're nose spies. <laughs> but is that spy? I guess it's spy. Spy Mostly catching. around? Yeah. For sure. Catching explosives, catching whatever. Mm. Sniffing out documents. But if they have ever swam over the river to the enemy and run through there and then swam back again 
delivered information. Three barks for tanks, yeah. one bark for anti-air, five barks. For general. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we don't want to give the CIA ideas. Oh, of course they're listening. Of course. Anyway, Fred, that is my relatively exhaustive uh, research. Very good. I like that we ended on like a question mark about the dogs, like a to-be-continued to kind of thing. Yeah, Operation Ketchel remains a mystery. Uh-huh. Oh, uh, it's been a great dive into the world of espionage, animalistic espionage. Um, and we will... Oh, last question. Oh. If you had to use an animal for spying, what animal would you use? Um, like, first that pops in my head is always, like, the undercover monkey or... Uh, dogs are too clumsy, but uh, I really like the the moose <laughs> with the, the radar <laughs> instead of antlers. Uh, I think I, that's worth another mention. Uh, <laughs> and also, I'm a Norwegian, so yeah, I think I should pick a moose. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. All right, that's it then. <laughs> that's it. What about you then? Secret. <laughs> Top secret. I like the acoustic kitties. <laughs> yeah, <anything. laughs> even if they're aliens. Yeah, even if they're double agents. Double agents. <laughs> You'll make them double double agents. Mm -hmm. All right. Catch you next week. We. 